0: welcome in this is 300 yards to unknown i'm rick gaiman that right there that's eric patterson you can find him at epat golf epat buddy happy thursday
1: yeah happy uh, waste management week the i will say i was watching the early part of the broadcast and it's nice to see and hear some some fans and some claps and some roars and some cheers and yeah it's a Brings back a little bit of the vibe that we've been missing for almost a year now.
0: Rory hit a drive, uh, just an absolute bomb somewhere. And the fans were like, whoa, like all, like off the club face. They were like, oh, my God. And then when it landed, they were like, oh, my God. Like, it was no, like no, so deep. I,
1: there's almost like not <laughs> enough fans. So you can hear like, at, like single fan reactions yeah
0: <laughs> this is the time but for uh, the mashed potatoes guy to thrive oh, because you'll man be you are be, be the only
1: one there yeah no hopefully uh, we don't get any of those
0: hopefully people have forgotten that they're allowed to say that or anything else at a golf tournament and we never hear that again would be my great idea
1: oh yeah i don't think that'll ever happen Wait until we get to the florida swing with some uh i think it was like invented at the honda classic or something that was one of the first one of the more rowdier florida events so i'm sure those will come back uh, when the fans keep coming back too.
0: Oh, good. Uh, we were just kind of chatting real quick, and we'll we'll do a deep dive on this later. And and I've I've just tweeted out a couple of things, but for the last 15 minutes, it's only been on for 15 minutes. The the NBC Betcast is is running right now, and that's the betting dedicated second stream to the waste management. And I was trying to get you up to date on it, and I think it's you know. So far, so good. They're still setting everything up. They're still telling us how this is all going to work. But they have access to six feeds, EPAT, which was one of our big concerns that they were just going to show the same exact thing that was going to be happening on NBC or happening on the Golf Channel uh, and just talk about odds around it. So far, not the case.
1: And you have both, both uh, you have like the Golf Channel broadcast going and then betcast yes. going. So you yes. can see that they're not necessarily showing the exact same guy at the same time. That's uh, yes. That's definitely
0: a, a nice thing to know i'll take a picture of it for you yes i'll send it over so i've got i've got both right. of them up next to one another um, good step it's actually funny because they're both in a split screen right now so they're actually like four wide on my screen because golf channel is doing the playing through and the betcast has been i was telling you this the betcast has spent a lot of time in the split screen now they that's It's bad because we're not seeing full screen golf, but this is normally a time that other broadcasts would just not show you any golf and they're, they're setting it up. They're going through their picks. They're telling us what's going to happen, but they're doing it in a split screen. So we are at least still seeing golf.
1: All right. Well, it seems like they're off to a good start. I would, uh, I'd be interested to get your full review by the week's end, but it sounds like you pretty much get PGA tour live featured holes, all that, but betting focused for the rest of the entire day
0: correct and i was yeah. telling you yeah. i they are they have continued to boast uh the the group of louis varner and Scheffler lowest back 9 score which i've never seen the ability to bet 9 holes of a three ball in a single round before so i don't know if points bet was actually offering that or if that is just made up odds for this show and for the entertainment purposes of it but i've never seen that
1: I mean, they're going to have to get creative because you can't just keep dishing outright seventy-two hole, you know, bets when you're when you're broadcasting a little three-hour window. So that's uh, definitely a way to do it. And I'm sure they're they're touching on hole by hole and whatnot, probably live first round leader. But yeah, it's interesting. Are they doing like are they they're giving good updated live odds or are they just?
0: Yeah, so what they keep showing is they're showing uh, the – I'm going to take a photo of this for you if I can. Uh, Or actually, I'll I'll screen grab this. You need a full – And I'll tweet it out.
1: Full recap from Rick.
0: Basically, what they're doing is um, the odds are – So they're they're showing the leaderboard as you would normally see it, like lowest score first. And then next to that, they are showing the leaderboard but by – live outright odds so xander Shawley is atop the leaderboard that they show next to it because his odds are currently five and a half to one
1: that's good that's good because yeah before they were just putting the odds beside and it wasn't really like organizing it in terms of like favorite uh you know you know how typically a board looks so yeah that's uh all right I, i'm i'm pleasantly surprised by the early uh early feedback that you're giving me yeah, we'll see. Uh,
0: we'll yeah, see. It's very, a, it's very early. It's a, a lot
1: of time to fill still.
0: But um, so far, so good. So far, so good. Eric Patterson. Uh, I'm not sure if you are aware. Uh, there was a bit of drama, a little drama at the waste at the uh, Farmers Insurance Open with Patrick Reed, and we were not going to talk about this because we're recording this on Thursday, and it's like you know what? By the time we get there, it'll be old news we've talked about it. We've tweeted about it. It's whatever, but the the story kept evolving and it's, and it's kept changing. And I feel like now we have to talk about it. So I think we have to do that now.
1: I mean, it's the, it's definitely the talking point. Everyone was still talking about it in their press conferences yesterday. Rory coming out and saying my ball was stepped on by a volunteer, which he learned Monday after his ball was apparently stepped on Saturday, which is You know, that time, the time between Rory getting his ball stepped on and then learning, I don't think it should be a day and a half or almost two days. So they've got to fix that. My biggest issue with the whole thing is volunteers have way too big of a factor in both outcomes. I think that needs to be addressed.
0: So. Volunteers stepping on balls happens all the time. Volunteers stepping on balls and not telling the player also kind of happens pretty frequently. Be, whether they are embarrassed, whether they think they're impacting the game—I mean, it would be very—it would be very logical uh, for a volunteer to step on Rory's ball, be afraid that he's going to get he or she's going to get in trouble, see that he's taking relief, and think ah, it's not that big a deal. Nothing's nothing's I, going on here. I'm just not going to say anything.
1: Zach Blair said that. You know, volunteers step on it and they're just embarrassed to say that they've said it like they've done it and they yeah. won't say anything. And then if you take your embedded relief, this, I'm sure this guy, if that's what happened, this guy probably just saw him take a drop and he's like, All right, I'm kind of in the clear. But then he realized that Roy was getting dragged into the mud with Patrick Reed and being grouped into like kind of a shady drop, kind of embedded ball, questioning that type of, uh, you know, whether or not they followed the, the right rules or did it by the book. And then he just came out and said, Yeah, I. I stepped on it, so I, don't, I want to clear Rory's name. And I mean, I wish that came out Saturday, and not and not uh, you know two days after the fact.
0: Yeah, because the tour's response, the tour's response to a guy who Patrick Reed, who has been known for manipulating his lie, uh, the tour's response to protecting him was drag Rory into the situation and say, "Look, he did the same exact thing. We've got two guys who cheated, or we got two guys who improved their lie when they shouldn't," which was a very interesting way to go about uh, public relations if you're the PGA. Team.
1: How nuts is that, that the tour cares so much about Reed? I guess maybe they care about, I don't know. They, why would they throw Rory in front of that bus as well without knowing the exact situation? And I don't know. It just seemed very weird that they would drag Rory into it. Um, even though use golf facts and Patrick Reed actually might've brought Rory into the fold as well, uh, You know, firing off a few too many tweets about it.
0: we're we're, we'll talk about that um we'll talk about the burner because that's also the other story that like I can't believe has not gone like when uh I can't remember his name now when the Sixers GM had a burner and was like tweeting stuff about Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons like that was and he ends up losing his job over it essentially so like the fact that you know we know that that burner is associative and now get uh get confirmation of it is is crazy but uh you know back to like there's a couple of things that have been bothering me over the course of the week the idea that um neither Rory nor Reed saw the ball bounce or that a volunteer or anyone said that it didn't bounce um that to me eric is a complete red herring it does not matter whether they saw it bounce didn't see it bounce whether the volunteer said i saw a squirrel grab it and take it underneath the ground i saw a rocket ship land on it like it doesn't matter what they say that's all a red herring if you walk up there you have to decide if your ball is embedded or not so that part of that like oh well he didn't see it bounce so he just assumed it was embedded or whatever is um i hate that like i i hate yeah
1: that's that's one of the things that bothered me the most is how Reed approached. He was walking up and almost like fifteen, ten yards away from the volunteer, pretty much yelling, "Did you? Did it bounce? Did it bounce?" <laughs> so he already has that in his mind that he's potentially has a chance to get embedded ball relief because if the volunteer didn't see it bounce, well, then there's no way to prove that it, you know, that it did or it didn't. So he's just going to assume that it didn't and plugged. Which, and the volunteer said, "No, I didn't see it bounce." If the volunteer right. said it plugged or it did not bounce but not seeing just brings in gray area you got to be certain on rulings like this like um if you if the nfl goes in under the booth uh, under the hood and they don't have conclusive evidence they're not going to overturn a call they're not just going to okay it kind of looks like he had control and and made the catch but they're they're gonna you know side with the official call on the field and this in this scenario i think that um the pga tour has to you know if there's not clear evidence that the ball plugged then you have to assume that it didn't and just play it as it lies i just don't there's so many there's so many little gray areas that Reed just went full on taking advantage of that just adds up to one massive kind of skating by the rules
0: if he would have asked the volunteer did you see it not bounce she would have said no, I didn't see it not bounce, right? Like it's, it's just the way he asked it. And she said, no, I didn't see it bounce, which doesn't necessarily mean that she didn't see it not bounce. Yeah, like like,
1: she didn't answer the question, but he's taking that as no, I, it did not bounce. And then that's just not, just not what happened. I I just, there's so many. And then he brings the rules official in and tells him (laughs) to feel some dirt in the, dirt in the ground when you should be recreating the lie. He, I just, I've never seen someone pick up the ball and move it to somewhere else, and then have the the lie that he's questioning now examined by an official that maybe Reed made up a spot. Maybe Reed, put, like, I don't know. It it was a it was terrible. I think it was blatant cheating, but it just it's nuts how he got away with it
0: the tour and even uh the rules official Ken Tackett on the CBS broadcast was really carrying a lot of weight for uh, uh for Patrick Reed where i think that he you know they say oh well he um uh, you know what what was like bringing the rules official in was not to make it more official right like like the the Ken Tackett kept saying well he brought the rules official in because he wanted to be sure that makes less sense when you realize that his ball bounced and could not have been plugged by Patrick Reed's own admission it could not have been plugged so then what did the rules official feel because he felt a lip so if he felt a lip and we know that that ball could not have plugged what did he feel it doesn't yeah, make sense it
1: doesn't it doesn't add up but, but every every step of the way reed was handing off you know responsibility he was like covering his own tracks with the with the volunteer, the volunteer didn't see it. Sure. I'm good. I'm clear. I told my playing partners, I'm going to take a embedded ball relief. They know they're in the clear. Then he brings the rules official. in. that's another person he can say, you know, I got cleared by the rules official. So there's no onus on Reed at the end of the day, because he's brought in all these parties to kind of help, help him create the the story that he wants to tell. Um, If Reed just, honestly, if Reed just picked up the ball or if he called his playing partners and said, you know, the ball's embedded, um, or I think the ball's embedded. I'm going to take a look. He picked it up, saw it was, put it down, and then took relief. I would believe him more because if, as soon as he starts bringing in the rules official, it's almost like, all right, what's he trying to prove here? Why is he trying to cover his tracks? Um, I just, and then as you you talk about his reputation. It just everything. It just it's just it was it was uh it was pretty obvious what Reed was trying to do, and I just can't believe he keeps getting away with it. And he's going to keep doing it as long as he keeps getting away with it. There's no
0: reason for him to change. There are only two outcomes for Patrick Reed of what happened. That explains what happened based on the facts that we know. There, The one outcome is that his ball bounced and landed in someone else's divot, which I would find obviously not impossible, but very difficult to believe, considering it was the side of 10 green. Uh, how long would uh, someone it's else's very, old very divot unlikely even stay around like that, like uh, all those things. So that's option one or option two is, uh, he manipulated his lie, pushed his ball down before he pulled it out. That, that's what those I, are the, I
1: think. There's too much, too much of him playing around in the sandbox there to not think that he, he did something to that lie.
0: But there, but those are the only two options because yeah. we know there was a lip on it. So we know that, it was, I mean, there is, was. What is it? a lip?
1: It could have. It could have been just a clump of dirt that, like, he, he just maybe tweaked to make it look like a lip. Like, you don't even know what they felt. You don't know what he was pointing at. I, I just can't believe that he he didn't leave the ball where it was. I just it's the, baffling. The, the rules, rules of- came up and said, "Where's the ball?" Yep. It's just like, when is uh?
0: He was baffling. Reading, he was. Like, he said, where, "Where, where is?" He said, "What am I looking at?" And Patrick Reed goes, "Embedded ball." And he goes, where's your ball? <laughs> like, yeah, where is it, Patrick? It's oh, a really embedded lie when the ball
1: has now disappeared. Yeah, that's how it's embedded. It no, it's, no, I've, I've
0: moved, it. moved it. I've moved it to where I actually would like to drop and then it. Reed said,
1: Reed's like, just put your finger here. This is the only way you're going to be able to tell if it was embedded. It's right. like, yeah, yeah, he's just such a... Yeah. Okay. I, at the same time, it's great for content, but like, he's so easy to hate.
0: Well, yeah, and that's the other thing. People are like, okay uh like i can simultaneously agree that golf having a villain is good for golf it's good for the pga tour it's good for ratings it's good for content it's good for all that stuff but like i i stop short of like the uh this guy will do anything to win he's a competitor it's like no he's probably just a cheater which yeah. is like not necessarily a great look either like i like my competitors i like my guys who are going to get fired up and do what it takes but like at some point, there is a line, and I've heard a lot of black and white takes when this is a very, there are some gray, gray area aspects of this that with Patrick Reed.
1: Uh, the Monday Q info, a case of the golf one, he tweeted like Patrick Reed had like, I don't know, it was either four or six month. He qualified into four or six PGA Tour events through Monday qualifiers. And imagine, imagine what Patrick Reed was trying to do in those days, trying to get on the tour with no cameras around with barely any rules officials around. And now you see what he's doing now with the lead at a PGA tour event with a camera on his ass. So it's like, <laughs> you can imagine what he could get away with at 8am on a Monday when he's the first group out and his buddy and you know his playing partners are on the other side of the fairway and just no one's around. I just makes you think.
0: Yeah. And, and, and this is not like, and you're right. Reputation does precede you there. This is obviously something that he has been dealing with for a long time. That's why I thought it was so brazen to drag Rory into this, a guy who has literally made his lie worse intentionally because he wasn't comfortable with the rule. And, and that was when, when Rory did it, it was like, dude, he was so positive. He was like, my ball. He's like, then it must've been in its own plug Mark because I'm positive I would not have taken relief unless unless it was in there. Like there is a stark contrast. That's why I hated putting these two situations that are similar but not the same and saying these are exactly the same and don't look at anybody's history and don't look at what they've done in the past. Just take our word for it.
1: Yeah. No, Rory's reputation just, it, I assume if Rory says he picks up the ball and there's dirt on it and it broke the plan, I, I believe him. I don't care if it, You know, we saw Rory's ball bounce and part of me believes that maybe it did land back in his pitch mark because the camera didn't say it didn't really prove that it didn't. And then when they come out and said it was stepped on, it makes a lot more sense. But regardless, I just believe Rory and I don't think Rory would be out there trying to cheat his way to another top 10. I think that he would just, you know, he's proven that he doesn't bend the rules in the past and he wasn't going to do it in that scenario. It's just um, yeah, two different, completely different opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of what those guys were trying to accomplish.
0: So the big thing that I feel like is not getting talked about is Patrick Reed or Team Reed has a burner that they use to tear down other players, talk shit on the PGA Tour, whatever it might be. And this is something that obviously, Eric, you and I have tracked for for quite some time. This Twitter account, UseGolfFacts, which I believe is widely accepted to be Patrick's wife, Justine, right? We're on the same page on that. Yeah and i think because this this thing has tweeted while he's been playing before i think so I, it's not actually no Patrick it's, not, Reed. it's not
1: Reed. i don't think anyone ever assumed it was Reed, but yeah right. it's definitely someone who's keeping a keen eye on Reed. they complain about one of the better complaints obviously we talked about the pin location and that's too my many right favorite hands. one
0: that's the pin locations one. one's my favorite one but
1: the used golf facts also believes the pga tour is delayed in updating Patrick Reed's shot tracker, and they don't pay his shot tracker enough attention, <laughs> so it, it's uh, one of the yeah a, a fantastic kind of everyone use golf facts thinks everyone's out to get Reed, which may or may not be true, but I don't think uh, the shot tracker is purposely delaying just Patrick Reed's score. So you can tell who's sitting at home trying to track their um, family member.
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. So, so what, what happens is, you know, this, this used golf facts go starts going ham on Saturday night, say dropping the same copy and paste tweet onto all of these, you know, golf digest articles, golf articles, whatever, uh, you know, Rory McIlroy at McElroy Rory did the same thing today on hole 18, picked up his ball, cleaned it and everything, and didn't even call a rules official over to deem the ball embedded, end of story. So that tweet gets sent a couple times, couple times, and then all of a sudden- Absolute gold. The, the Patrick <laughs> Reed verified Twitter account, tweets the same exact thing, calling out Rory McIlroy in response to an Amanda Balionis tweet, and be, because obviously we know- the history of Use Golf Facts and the fact that uh, Use Golf Facts tweeted it a couple times, then Patrick tweeted, then Use Golf Facts tweeted it again. Clearly, uh, this was not like Patrick Reed tweeted something and then Use Golf Facts just ran with and has no affiliation with. Like, this is so obviously an affiliated account, no matter what the Reed lawyer wants to say.
1: It's, oh, yeah, the Reed lawyer comes out and says, We're not associated with it, which makes it seem like you're definitely more associated with it at that point. Just in <laughs> the so it's it's clear a copy paste error. Uh you it's pretty easy if you have two. Uh I know with it because two Instagram accounts, you just hold the icon and it pops up multiple <laughs> Instagram. It's easy to flip between two. So um copy paste, copy, paste, and bam, you're you're tweeting from the actual read account, which is kind of nuts. Like I just think that's um you don't see that. Uh maybe, maybe read was fine for it, but that could be considered um conduct unbecoming or whatever they want to use on the PGA tour. I'm sure. I'm sure Xander Shoffley got fined for saying what he said in the post round interview, which is again bananas that these guys would get fined for something like that and Reed goes and wins the tournament when he's cheating. It's just the the penalties and the and the, the fines and whatever it is, it's they just don't line up with the with the actions.
0: Well, the problem is they're not transparent and we don't know. Like, yeah. if it came out and said Patrick Reed was fined $50,000 for conduct unbecoming and Xander Shoffley was fined $25,000 for his uh, critical comments of Patrick Reed in the PGA tour or whatever it is, at least we would know and at least yeah. we would have a baseline. But the fact that it's all done uh, uh, you know, in, in the cloud of darkness without any transparency makes it even worse. And what I also think is continually even more crazy about this, that Patrick Reed tweet was never deleted.
1: I know, like, it, just, <laughs> it just rolling in it now. It just it just frame it, show it off. I can't believe it hasn't been deleted. Like It just,
0: it just sits there.
1: <laughs> they're just accepting the fact that this is the burner. Like they're not even, I don't know, it's, it's bananas. Rory called it out and said, I think it's someone, it's not Patrick, but it might be someone <laughs> from the Reed family. Because
0: everybody knows, because everybody knows what's actually I, happening.
1: I, at the same time, I'm a little sad that the cat's that far out of the bag. It was I fun. Know. It was fun, just like kind of tweeting, "Hey Justine at Use Golf Facts," and then they would respond, like not even denying the fact that maybe Justine was actually like she responds to Justine or that account yeah. responds to Justine. So it just we had our fun with it. And now it's just like ah, oh, nowadays it is a Reed family member, which right now it is
0: crazy. now. So it has not tweeted since that night. Um, we gotta go
1: find the other. Now we gotta go. It's gonna be a
0: new guy. burner. Because now the cat is out of the back. So this thing got like 10,000 new followers in, you know, it used to have it used to have like three thousand when we were following it and it was great and we wouldn't poke fun at it. Now it's at nearly fourteen thousand. And yeah, now now if that's your burner, you can't really tweet from this anymore. Although yeah, I guess maybe the reads don't care. They might not care and they might just continue to tweet from that's it. But like there's true.
1: They've proven over like, time and time again that they really just don't care about what anyone thinks. So yeah, they'll probably but, just keep firing off from
0: it. But now we're gonna have to go find the new burner and we're just going to have to search Patrick Reed and go through all the crazy tweets and find out some, whatever next Twitter account is just unbelievably pro, pro Patrick Trump or Patrick Trump, Patrick has a Freudian Freudian slip. That's what it feels like. Patrick wow. Reed. Uh it, I was going to compare it to Kim John. You're going
1: to get a seasoned assist for drop. <laughs> to <work together. laughs>
0: oh man. At least I haven't been blocked yet. That's always my concern. So I, I, wanna make I sure was I blocked
1: so long ago. I don't even I don't think I ever um, tweeted at Reed, but I think Ryan Baroff pointed out, like I, I made some tweet about uh, Reed was getting carried around on someone else's back at the Ryder Cup. Like, that's all I said. Like, someone's tired from carrying chubby Reed around at the Ryder Cup. And I got blocked.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that'll I guess that'll do it. Um You you did mention, you know, the other guys on tour, uh, you know, Lonto Griffin was asked about it. He wasn't happy. Xander was asked about it. He wasn't happy. I wish wish it was
1: someone other than Lonto to say what he said. Like no one's going to take no offense to him, but no one's really going to take what he says. Seriously. Uh, Xanders were a little harsher, but if someone else came out and said, yeah, this pisses us off, that would be, that would hold a lot more weight. But yeah, when it's Griffin, it's just like, ah, is what it is.
0: It's, um, it's so interesting. And I, and I also wonder like, okay, do you remember when, uh, Reed was, I don't remember what tournament it was, but Reed was taking a drop somewhere and Daniel Berger had walked like 140 yards.
1: It might have been the masters. Was it the masters? It was recent. It was like at the end of, uh, end of 2020. Yeah. But Reed came over and kept a keen eye on him.
0: Burger Berger came over and kept a key. Oh, yeah, eye sorry,
1: Burger did, which but, is like, and, you look
0: at the, and you look at the shot tracker and like Patrick Reed was like in the trees on the right and Berger was like in the trees on the left. So he walked like 140 yards to get there uh, to keep an eye on him, which is amazing. And I do wonder, you know, that that final group that was uh, Burns and Carlos Ortiz. And and I feel like if it was, I, I wonder if there was a Daniel Berger in that group, if there was a Rory McIlroy in that group, if there was somebody who was a bit more established, a bit more of an alpha dog. If Patrick Reed would have tried to get away with something like that, or just than-
1: a, or just like a veteran, yeah, he just, yeah. I honestly do think that there had that had something to do with it. That he thought he could just kind of not bully, but you know, no one's really gonna try to push, push back on Reed. So I do think that factored into the fact that he just kind of hollered at him and he didn't think that either of those guys were going to come over and check it. So yeah. Um, another calculated, I think decision from, from P Reed.
0: Calculated is a really good word because I think that, um, when he hits that shot and immediately they start going into, nobody saw it bounce right now. He, the wheels are already spinning. Now it's what, what can I get away with? What can I do? What can I pose? Because nobody saw it bounce. And that is my like cover for this whole thing.
1: I bet you he, I bet you those wheels start turning as soon as they're informed that it's preferred lies. I bet you, he thinks as oh, wow. soon as it's preferred lies and it's, and maybe he's not the only one who does this, but if, if, if he's under the assumption that the tour thinks it's soft enough to play preferred lies, that, that they probably can get away with it being soft enough in the rough, that there's going to be plugged balls. Like maybe this is it's probably happened before we didn't see it on the final, you know, on a, in a final pairing on a, on the weekend. But, um, yeah, that's if the PGA tour didn't keep playing preferred lies, I don't even know if this happens. It just, that I was rattled about the continuous preferred lies when it barely rained <laughs> and then, and then this happens. It's just almost like this is what's going to happen when you keep letting these guys get it, like, you know, play with these kind of make their own rules as
0: they go. Here's the worst part, Eric. Um, Patrick Reed is really good at golf. Like he's really good. He's amazing. He has the short game of of, of a God. He doesn't need to do this. He doesn't need to be known as as cheating Patrick Reed. He can win golf tournaments. He can do – like uh, people think like, oh, I'm I'm not excited – To come to my job and talk about a guy who is cheating on the sport that I really love and really care about. Right. Like I I don't like I don't get joy out of Patrick Reed doing this. I get joy out of the way he plays golf. But like that never gets talked about because it's all the memes and the stories and the comments, and he continues to do it to himself and it's all self-inflicted.
1: He would be he would be like him, and Webb would be like the fascinating players in the top ten in the world because they just play a completely different game compared to the other elite players. If you will, like Reed, Reed was hitting it all over the planet at Torrey, and he still won. Like he was all chipping and all putting, so he just does it differently. And that I think that's um, interesting to watch and like compelling when he goes up against a bomber and he just he doesn't hit it as far, doesn't hit it as well. But here he is knocking in thirty footers for birdie, and then that's that's what makes him such a good match play player he's just frustrating to play against and at, at the same time he's he's fun to cheer for in those settings but um yeah he just it takes away from how good he is when he does think that he needs to kind of skate by the rules and um I think Eddie Pepperell Eddie Pepperell tweeted just like how sad, he he called it sad he's like it's so sad to see someone of his skill set because he, obviously he's seen him up close and personal just how good he is and um yeah Pepperell just like it's sad that this guy thinks that he has to do these things to be successful on the tour when you know he could just embrace how how creative he is around the greens how good he is at putting he could be one of like the, the a fan favorite but he just doesn't give a shit about being a fan favorite
0: no he doesn't but you know you're right i mean he could be nine-time winner rider cup hero captain america patrick reed but instead it's like oh Patrick's in the bunker again. Oh, Patrick's calling over a rules official again. Like, and, and it's really different. Like when Bryson calls over a rules official and asks for a second and a third opinion, like he's pushing the boundaries too of of what he can get away with. Is that is there a fire ant right there? Is that a dangerous situation? Can I drop it back here? Like, like he's really trying to use the rules to his advantage to to get an edge. Patrick Reed, of course, is going to do the same thing. But there is a point where it's just it goes too far and it goes into you know, I, I hate to say the word, I mean, literally cheating. Like, I mean, yeah. it, it's, it's so well-documented. So it, it, it's, it's a really fine line. Um, obviously these guys are going to use the knowledge that they have in the rules and, and, uh, you know, that's why they ask for second opinions, right? Because I, I I'll go until I get an opinion that, that benefits suits, me.
1: But yeah. The one that I want. <laughs> and that's pretty much redid by asking the rules official, he was getting a second opinion on what um, what you're supposed to be able to determine by integrity and honesty and just being <laughs> following the rules. He should have, he should have just known it was either embedded or not, but he needed a second opinion. And once he got that, he was, he was clear to do whatever he wanted. So yeah, you're right. No, it's re or, or Bryson Bryson does, he, he does similar things. Um, he's not fluffing lies. He's trying to, you know, he's trying to find a nearby fence post or climb fences and right. stuff like that. So he's just, he got, he goes about it a different way. Like Reed would Reed would sprinkle down the fire ants and then say there was fire ants near his ball. Like that's, that's the extent that Reed might take it. But yeah, they're uh, both of them are kind of compelling and, and heels of the sport. So I'm not, I hope they stop. But at the same time, part of me just kind of wants, wants the shenanigans to continue until the tour steps in and does something.
0: Yeah. It's, it's certainly, it's good for us. It's good for content, but it's, I mean, it does suck. It sucks at some point. Um, Anything else, Patrick Reed?
1: Um I th- I I I I'm good. I just I I know he's gonna be on the Ryder Cup. What do you think about him on the there I got into a little discussion yesterday about it. is he good or bad for him, the Ryder Cup team?
0: I would start to argue he's 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 becoming sour. Um so his game, uh, I know he just won on the, I know he just won and he won in Mexico, but like his game is really volatile. Now I think it plays really well at Ryder cups because I think he's good in like, you know, alternate shot and, and, and short game, you know, being, being first in the cup in any type of match play situation is so good. So I think he's even more valuable in Ryder cup than he is uh, like in any stroke, strokes, uh, stroke play format. Uh, but when you start having Xander Shoffley, like, know this is bullshit and you start to have guys know like he he's gonna create himself as a pariah in the usa locker room and not just because he doesn't get along with jordan spieth or whatever so i I think we're starting to get to the point where and we've seen this from the european squad and we saw it from the international team the president's cup like your team composition goes a long way and and the locker room goes a long way i would start to wonder if he can continue to be respected amongst his peers
1: I don't think he's, yeah, I don't think he'll continue to be respected. I think I would love for him to be like ninth or 10th on the list and force Stricker's hand into making him a captain selection. I think he's like one spot in right now. I just think that's, that's when you'll know if he's well liked on the team or not. If, if they don't pick him and he's just on the edge, like that would be extremely telling. Um, But he's going to, if he plays his way on, you'll just never know how he is amongst the group because Stricker will take, he'll take, you know, he'll ask JT who he wants on. He'll ask the top guys who they want on the team. And um, if I, that's the situation now I'm hoping for, I hope he needs a captain's pick.
0: So especially now where, uh, so six, six automatic and six captains picks, so could you imagine if Patrick Reed is seventh in the standings and Stricker's like, nope, like I'm just going to take nope, guys. You know,
1: Use all facts and fire up the count again, no problem.
0: <laughs> yes, because that would be like, wow, you were on the verge of just making it automatically and you were not even a captain's pick. Like that would show you exactly how everybody feels about but it. The, I think
1: like the US team is so good. Like you could leave Reed off and you take the next setbacks guy. And if it makes um one playing partner if more comfortable in a team setting and they win an extra point like i think they can win without Reeds, but i think they have a better chance of maybe losing with him. if that makes any sense like he just creates more drama and turmoil like yeah i mean paris he, he torched the entire room out on the way out on that flight home when he was crying about not playing with spieth and then president's cup i think <laughs> you would have You know that was way closer than anyone expected, and to say Reed wasn't a distraction that weekend, you'd be you'd be nuts to say he wasn't. So back to back team events, Reed is doing something to to cause distractions or whatever, and just the results haven't been there. So like, what's the point at this point to keep tagging him along?
0: So let me let me read you what the team would look like if we left Patrick Reed off of this team. Oh yeah, this will be
1: this team is gonna lose for sure.
0: This could be a this could be a USA team. Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, Justin Thomas, Xander Schauffele, Colin Morikawa, Brooks Kepka, Webb Simpson, Tony Finau, Harris English, Patrick Cantlay, Daniel Berger, and Matthew Wolf.
1: Yeah, that team I had no chance. You need to get Reed in there. You need Reed <laughs> yeah. on that team. So, so this is, is what I mean. Like, uh, it just. People clamoring for Reed to like, he needs to be on the team. He, we need him. He's Captain America. We need that singles point on Sun on Sunday. Like, no, you don't. You don't look at that team, and you could do, you could have way better of a time without Reed in the locker room.
0: Yeah, hard to argue. We're I guess we're gonna find out. I I really I, hope he's seventh. I really hope he's seventh.
1: I think he's sixth right now. Well, he is sixth right sixth? now. But I'm yeah. hoping, like
0: at the time at the time that this is over, that he's seventh. He probably that knows
1: he good. knows he probably needs to get the top six too. So <laughs> that's another thing. Well, so use golf facts was they were when they changed the selection to six six picks, six you know guaranteed spots. They were not impressed with that. They wanted the eight guaranteed spots, and uh, you can probably guess why.
0: Uh, I certainly can guess what uh, quick side note here. Ches Revy just made another birdie. So he's three under. So, you know, that there was that Chez Revy, $300 ticket or $700 ticket at 300 to one uh, before oh, the yeah, event. I saw this. What? I'm wondering if, if someone knows something it was like, does Ches know something about his game? He's now three under through seven. Just made I mean, another
1: Chez, birdie. Chez in Chez in Arizona is a thing, but uh, I, I don't know. Maybe someone with a lot of money is just very confident <laughs> on them. But yeah, I, I, not something I'd be putting down, but I could see it. It makes some sense. Uh,
0: I, I do love the idea. Like if you're going to bet like somebody who's 300 to one, don't do 10 bucks. You might as well just do seven. Like you might as well make like. Like if you're gonna hit a three hundred to life one shot, you money. might as well make life changing money along the way.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess so. And you better be able to swallow losing it too. At the same yeah, that's, that's probably a lifestyle I'll never be able to live. Um, yeah, because
0: you'll because you'll you'll hit a three hundred to one shot like once in your life, so you might as well. You might well
1: imagine chasing that for that long though you'd be <laughs> homeless <laughs> yeah you would
0: uh, all right what else you Pat I mean I hate that we spend a lot of time talking we about we could talk about today, touch to on
1: but, uh, maybe we don't need to but like that distance thing came out yesterday and people were fired up about it and I know you we're don't enough. care but um, you might be sponsored by titleist at this point you you web and JT
0: I uh, no but my dms are open uh happy to say whatever you guys want me to say in return for some gear some swag a little cashola uh yeah i mean listen i i don't really care because i am a uh i'm a big believer that like the game should be evolving you should be getting progress you should rarely there's a lot of things in sport that i don't think you should be rolling back and i'm trying to think of any other example in any other sport um that restrictions have been put on because players are getting too good. I know in college baseball, uh, they changed the aluminum bats back when I was in college because that was that actually kind of came as like a a, um, a safety issue. The ball was coming off the bat so fast, it was hitting pitchers in the head. It was like killing guys. So I like that's one thing, but I, I could not, I can't really think of another sport that has made kind of like equipment restrictions because the players are getting too good.
1: I'm almost certain and I should have I should have looked this up before I jumped on and I think I might have brought it up before, but I'm I'm very certain that tennis slowed down their tennis balls because okay. it just became it became too power smash like serve volley games like there was just no skill like I guess it's skill, but there's no strategy involved. There was no rallying anymore. It just became who could serve it the best and who could run to the net and volley one home. So it's just like that's boring tennis. Like there's, those, there's no rallying, there's no angles, there's no running around. Like that's the kind of the, I don't know the crux of tennis. So I do believe they slowed down their balls recently. So, and you think about tennis, like, but, the, okay. The size and that makes like, sense
0: too. And that makes sense too. But like the tennis court never changes. Uh, the golf course changes all the time. Why, why are we not just getting more unique courses that, that where distance is not necessarily as big of a, of an advantage?
1: I mean, we see some of those, we have the heritage we have, uh, there's a few knock like short courses out there, but um, they still get, they still get destroyed by PGA tour pros. I mean, uh, I just think the argument for those courses, it's, it's, you see it at Augusta, you can't just keep moving T-backs blocks back and back and back. You run out of land, you run out of grass, you run like just the, the cost to keep these. And I'm not like, I'm, I don't know anything really about what it costs to run a course, but to add to add 500 yards to your course, that's just so much more land that you have to to water, to grow, to maintain, to fertilize. Um, you start renovating bunkers, relocating bunkers. It's just it's, it's very, very expensive. And um, really, a lot of the problems would be solved if just someone can't carry at 330 anymore.
0: I also think that Rory, Rory had a, his point was like, yeah, like go ahead and change the rules. Uh, Manufacturers are going to figure it out. Like, and I kind of agree with that too, right? Okay. So if you, if if the spring can't be, or if the face can't be this springy, we'll move the, you know, uh, MOI back. We'll move it Like they'll they'll figure it out. Like there's just going to be, there's, and and then are we going to constantly have to roll things back? We're constantly going to have to be battle you know fighting this battle with equipment manufacturers essentially on what they can push and, and what they can't push like i don't know it just feels like a it feels like a fool's errand a bit
1: yeah I, I again i wish i knew way more about like the actual components of a golf club that go into it but i do think the head if they may and maybe i'm completely off base but if they if they shrink the head size i think that solves a lot of um it makes it harder to hit it as far as they do. They, they're they not saying they won't be able to, but you definitely have to um, be a lot more skilled to hit it 350 yards with a smaller head. I just think yeah. that's an easy solution. Uh, maybe, maybe it's completely misguided, but um, I, I think that's something I would like to see because I don't like, like Bryson and I use Bryson as an example because he swings it so hard, but, um, you know, he, he references often like, Oh, I just missed that one on the toe. Like he probably, when he says I hit it on the toe, he probably did hit it right on the toe and it still goes 300 yards, 320, which is bananas. Like if you're going to swing it that hard and you want to go chase 350, 340, you better put it right on the screws. Uh, and if you don't, then you're going to pay for your miss hit. I, that's all I want to see. I, if you get hit at 350 with a smaller club head, like, man, that's, that takes some serious skill. And I think Rory would, someone who would benefit from that and and someone like Adam Scott, those guys don't miss, but there are guys on tour who swing it hard, who probably miss it a lot more than we think, but it just, the drivers are so forgiving and so big that they're just, it's never really going to show as a mishit. I just want them to, when someone miss hits the ball, I want to see a mishit. Like I want to see like a 260 yard snap hook. We just don't see those anymore.
0: Have, uh, why don't we just give everybody Ricky's new irons? Have you seen those? yeah they're like those oh my god I don't know if they're working for them I, I well I don't know if they'd work for anybody they look impossible to hit. just give everybody those no like you'd have to you have to hit the s- dead center of that club face. that thing is unbelievable
1: I mean that's but so most guys use those tiny thin blade like butter knife looking blades and like to to square up like a three iron or four iron with those that takes a lot of precision and a lot of skill and that's why I'm impressed when I see someone hit those but I'm just not as impressed anymore to see someone completely lash at a driver that is super forgiving. And it's just going to there's their, you know, their spray chart is just not as wide as it should be when they're swinging it that hard. And that, that is obviously technology shaft design and all that goes into it. And, um, you know, with TrackMan, I think that's been huge for these guys to optimize distance. So uh, they're still going to hit it extremely far. I just want to see them, you know, It's not going to be a rollback. Just make it harder to hit it that far. That's all I'm asking. And maybe that's impossible. Maybe they need like tiny little, like hundred CC drivers and you just got to literally put it right on the button. And if you don't, you, you shank it. That's that's, that would be drastic, but (laughs) I just give me, get, make it harder for these guys to hit it as far as they do. That's all I want to see.
0: I think that's fair. And this is obviously a conversation that is uh, ongoing. It is evolving and it's nothing happens quickly in the world of golf. So it's something we're probably going to talk about a handful more times. Eric Patterson, as always, much appreciated. You can find Eric's work at The Score. You can find him on Twitter at epat golf you can read his quick nine uh which will be linked below that's fun. i'm glad i'm glad you're i'm i'm i know when you start new things it's hard to like keep it going at first and get into the routine and i hope you're not running out of ideas but like it's 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 really enjoyable
1: i appreciate that no it's uh the news helps um i've had to tweak the scheduling because i i found putting one out Monday morning and then Wednesday morning that Wednesday one, some of the things were I was stretching a little bit because just not a lot happens during Monday, Tuesday. So I, I, I've scooped in the, uh, the Wednesday news cycle into my Thursday, the Thursday newsletter. So yeah, it's a, it's fun. It's something different and just, I don't know, keeps me in the loop as well. And almost like a refresher of what's, what's happened.
0: Love it. Love it. Uh, that'll do it for 300 yards to unknown catch you next time.